Good morning, my friend. Happy Friday. So today's podcast was suggested by one of my clients, and I've never really gone into this on this podcast because I have kind of just adopted those thoughts, this thought um, from my business coach and from the Life Coach School creator, Brooke Castillo. So I am certified through the Life Coach School and listen to all of her like public podcasts. But then we have as part of the Life Coach School community have access to like a million podcast episodes from her, like all of the trainings, all of the coaching. And Something that my coach, Stacey Bayman, and my life coach, creator, Brooke Castillo, both have instilled in me is I'm already worthy. And so you might be like, what the heck does that even have to do with my business? And I want to give you my personal example. Um, I can like take you right back to standing (laughs) in my bedroom window at my old house and looking out that window at my backyard and really questioning. So I, my background is accounting and finance. I haven't done that like reintroduction in a while. So, um, let me take that step back. So I knew from a very young age, like fifth grade, when my grandparents bought us stock in Disney and we got an annual report. And the funny thing about it is my dad always says, um, we owned about a petal of a flower of a plant (laughs) at Disney World. But I was like, we own stock in Disney. And I remember in fifth grade getting that annual report and reading it and thinking it was so cool. And that kind of sparked my interest in accounting. Um, it got even that, that interest grew as my neighbors, um, had moved in and they were both CPAs at Ernst and Young. And I remember the person, like our first neighbor, cause we had built houses together. This was when I was little fifth grade. Um, my neighbor telling like, oh my gosh, they got this like huge loan to pay for this. And like, they must be very well off or have very good jobs. And it being like, oh, that's cool. Like, like they're young and they have really amazing jobs and they work at Ernst & Young. They're both CPAs. Like, Ooh, this is fun. I liked that annual report. That's what accountants do. Let's do that. And so I knew from again, a very young age that I wanted to be an accountant. And I went through high school knowing I wanted to be an accountant. I applied for college knowing I wanted to be a CPA. And the irony of the time that I went to college was right after, well, I should say, I don't know if it was like, if, which, which came first, the chicken or the egg, but, um, it was right at the time that the CPA board said that you needed 150 credit hours to sit for the CPA exam. If you've gone to college, you know that it's typically 120 hours to graduate. Well, I did not want at that time to like go right for my master's. Like I really wanted to go to work. So I just decided 
at the beginning of my college program that I was just going to get 150 credit hours within my four years. And that's what I did. And I said, I decided I'm going to go work at Ernst and Young. And that's what I did. So I, I had a really great job. Um, loved, loved, loved my job. But while I was in college, my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and thank God she told me never Google symptoms or never Google any medical stuff. So I never did. I never, ever, ever Googled ovarian cancer. It wasn't until I had graduated and I was a year into my time at Ernst and Young that she was no longer responding to any chemo. My mom was never in remission. Um, but she was, you know, that she would kind of respond to a chemo and then the numbers would go up and then we would switch chemos and then the numbers would stay. And then the numbers would go up. Like she just never had that time of not having chemo. And I, um, I looked then and realized that the survival rate of ovarian cancer was like three years. And I think my mom was like at year five at that point in time. And so I made the decision because I was traveling so much with my job, even though I loved it, my, I needed to be at home. I needed to have that consistent schedule and, um, showing up for work for normal, <laughs> I'll do air quotes, normal hours. I worked on one of the biggest accounts in the Cleveland office. And so during busy season, I tell a lot of people this, um, I worked Monday through Thursday was pretty much eight until midnight. Um, we got to leave at midnight because the garage closed, the garage locked down. And I remember like praying and fingers crossed that they would not make me move my car into the 24 hour car garage and that they would just let me go home. And, um, so I, so that was our Monday through Thursday. Friday was more like six o'clock Saturdays was like nine to five or so. And then Sundays was about nine or 10 to about three o'clock in the afternoon. So we could all like kind of regroup for the next day. So they weren't kidding when they told us like, do not ever calculate your hourly salary because you will quit. <laughs> you like you, we worked a ton. And so I needed more consistent hours. I needed no um, travel. I needed to be able to be home with my mom. So she really shaped a lot of the decisions I made in my career. Five years after she passed, I, well, technically it was like four and a half, four and three months or whatever. Um, after she had passed, I got pregnant with Faith and Faith is named after my mom. My mom is Faye, F-A-Y-E. So Faith is F-A-Y-T-H after my mom. But when, like, I didn't think I could get pregnant at that time. So we had gone and gotten an ultrasound and they put my due date at the five-year anniversary of my mom's passing away. Um, and my husband was like, we don't even need another ultrasound. It's a girl. Like this is totally from her mother. Her mother did this, but like, this is it. So between my mom and faith that really drove all of my decisions, um, within my career, the desire to, have it all, have a career that motivates me and inspires me and excites me and challenges me, but also allows me the flexibility and freedom to be there for our daughter whenever she needs needs us. Um, I shared on the podcast 
was that last week or the week before that she is just really struggling with anxiety. Um, today I'm recording this podcast right now with a change in schedule because there was an event at school and she really wanted me to be there. And even though she wasn't participating, it wasn't really part of our game plan. Um, I was able to thank God, thank you to my one client who knows who she is. I was, they were able to move that call so that I could be there for her. So they kind of drove everything I did when I got, so let me take a step back. So when I was introduced to network marketing, um, I was just on my own personal journey, fell in love with the product and started seeing other success stories. And I started to see what could be possible for me. And I, I just kind of went all in. We had some other circumstances come up and I was like, you know what? I need to be able to leave the corporate world and be home with faith full time. Like that was my desire. And I saw that my, my ability to do that was, was centered in network marketing. That is why I'm so passionate about helping women in network marketing have success because I know the doors that it opens when it's done right. So I was, I worked hard. I was able to leave corporate accounting, replacing that income with my network marketing position. And then I struggled because I had no other real goal after that. They were more financial goals. And at that time, I had not yet like fully adopted Zig Ziglar's quote. That's my philosophy. Help enough other people get what they want and you'll get what you want. I just knew I wanted to have more income. But my brain kept offering that I wasn't worthy or why me? And we were, we would hear stories, um, where people had literally spent the like last amount on their credit card, like a credit limit availability to invest in the business. And they were able to turn that into such an amazing business, multiple six figures, possibly seven figures. We heard stories of people who, um, were basically homeless and, somebody gifted them the money to start this business and they went all in and they were able to do these amazing things. And so I knew what was possible, but I was like, why me? Like, shouldn't I, like, we're financially fine. I don't need any extra income. Why should I get those customers or team members when somebody else is like barely able to pay for groceries, shouldn't, shouldn't I let them build it? And I, I wasn't fully aware because I wasn't introduced to life coaching it and the model to understand how it was working. But I want to share this with you because Maybe it's not like I need more money. Otherwise, we're not going to pay our bill. You just might be looking at like, I have a really good life. Why should I rock the boat? Why should I push more? Why should I introduce um, more stress on our family? Like, if you don't know, if you haven't read it, if you're new, the book, um, The Big Leap, as I dig it out, I dig it out every time, um, by Gay, Gay Hendricks is a phenomenal book that I highly recommend. And 
he talks about four hidden barriers um, to your kind of upper limit. He calls it an upper limit problem, but these are like four hidden. I forget what he says. Um, I probably have it right here. Yeah, a hidden barrier. Um, and so the hidden barrier that I have adopted from subconsciously, I want you to like be aware of that. These things happen subconsciously. You're not aware through life coaching, you're able to slow your brain down. People are able to listen to you, to hear those things that you don't even hear yourself, and then to really understand how those words are impacting you. But one of these hidden barriers that was, that's been revealed in my time of being coached is that I had this belief that more success would bring a bigger burden. So you might be a mom who is loving being mom, but has a husband that's providing financially and you guys don't need the money, but it's fun money and it gives you some excitement and it like inspires you and it lights you up, but your brain is offering like, I'm not worthy of more. Like maybe I won't go for that goal. Or if I have more, like this is already works really well. But if I bring more on more customers or I bring on more team members, that could take more time and I don't want that. And so you kind of you kind of create your own upper limit. So that's like one of the problems I see with people. I have seen people like kind of back off their business because they're afraid it's going to hurt somebody else. But the one that really struck me this week was needing to have success in your business to prove your worthiness in other areas. So one of the examples I've heard is in order to be a good wife, I need to contribute to 50% of our family expenses, right? Like that's their definition of being a good wife. Like I am paying my fair share, I'm doing air quotes, into the family's finances. And if I'm not doing that, I'm not a good wife. So I need my business to succeed so that I can be a good wife. And my friend, the whole point of this podcast, it took me a little bit to get here. Thank you for bearing with me. You're already a good wife. I, I love the quote. It's more motherhood, but applies to wife as well. And maybe your situation is in order to be a good mother, I need to be able to provide all of these things for my child. Um, I've been guilty of saying this before, like in order to be a good mom, I have to have the house perfectly cleaned up. Like when Faith is home, <laughs> I've worked on this, right? But in my head originally, if Faith is home, it is it is all focused time on her. No business, no cleaning the house. Everything is just for her. And it drove me insane. <laughs> A, because... I'm like, I need something for myself. Like you need a breath, right? Like you need to be able to go to the bathroom by yourself, but also because 
spoiler alert for anyone with littles, eventually your kid is not interested in hanging out with you. We noticed that it happened last year. So she was fourth grade. It was like a light switch middle of the year. She went back. It was January right after winter break. And it was like a light switch. She wanted to come home, do her homework and like talk to her friends. And I was like, um, is this it? Does she just not want to now we have to be like, Faith, you don't need to come hang out with us because she would just hang out with her friends all weekend long if we let her. So I had this thought that in order to be a good mom, I had to put basically all of my needs on the back burner when she was present and awake. And that's not what a good mom is. Well, to, a good mom is somebody that just cares about being a mom. That's my whole point. Like the, the phrase that kind of goes around is like, if you're asking yourself, if you're a good mom, you already are a good mom. But let me take you back. Putting, let me take you back to the original example I gave you of a wife contributing 50% to 50% of the household expenses. And because as a family, they chose that the wife would stay home with the kids. Now the husband provides 100% of the income. She now has some found this passion of hers. And now she is putting pressure on her business to create 50% of the household income so that she can feel like she is a good wife. When you put that pressure on yourself, okay, I would put, that's a thought. My business needs to make 50% of, or needs to match my husband's income to pay the bills, whatever, whatever that number is. Like the thought is my, my business needs to make more money so that I can contribute my fair share to the business or to the household income. That feeling is pressure. There's like no way around it. Like it's pressure when you say it that way. What actions do you take from pressured? They're salesy. They're looking for nonstop evidence that this is working. It's um, if it if you're not on track to hit your goals, you are messaging people to join your team or build your income. Your posts are argumentative. You start calling out objections um, as excuses and your audience retreats from you and all of you don't ever create that income because you're putting that pressure on your business to fulfill a self need. You individually need to feel worthy and you're saying the only way I'm going to do that is by my business presenting, producing this type of income. And so when I was struggling with that, take you back to upstairs at my old house in my bedroom, looking out the window, my brain was like, I'm not worthy was the thought. And then I felt guilty and I, I would show up for my business, but I would be doing the bare minimum or I would be doing what maybe my upline told me to do or somebody else told me to do. I prayed for a lot of coaching groups and stuff like that um, where I did what they told me to do, but with the thought, 
this isn't going to work. And I'm going to prove to them that their process doesn't work because I'm doing all the things and I'm not getting the results I want. So, um, it, I, I had my own doubts on my worthiness and I wanted my business. I was showing up for my business to either prove them right or that my, putting the pressure on my business to, to prove me right, wrong, right. Either prove me wrong. <laughs> no, prove me right. That I'm not, um, worthy of these business results, or I'm showing up in desperation because I want my business to prove to me that I am worthy. And so what Brooke Castillo talked about and Stacey Bateman talked about was one, first and foremost, you are worthy all by yourself without your business, without it. You're already worthy of all of the success that you could ever dream. I truly believe God would not put a a dream on your heart without giving you the ability to achieve that goal. Because I talk to people all the time and I ask them their goals and they think they are like dreaming really, really, really big. And like, oh my gosh, this isn't possible. And I'm like, that's not a big dream. Like what? I'll show you a big dream, right? Like I've, I've just talked to so many people just on different levels of dreams that I'm like, I, I truly believe you can't create a dream bigger than you're capable of achieving. So if you can, if you can dream it, I truly believe you can achieve it. So one, you're already worthy and you're already capable right now of achieving that goal. That's first and foremost. And then showing up for your business as its own separate entity. Your business does not prove or disprove your worthiness. Your business is like a little baby. Stacy always says, like you care for a baby, you nurture a baby, you give the baby what it needs. If you don't know what it needs, you keep guessing at what it needs until it stops crying, right? Like you think of like a newborn. Are they hungry? Did Are they thirsty? I'm thinking of the puppies now, right? Like they were waking up in the middle of the night and Justin was getting frustrated because he's like, they went to the bathroom and they won't go back to sleep. And I'm like, are they hungry? And then we didn't want to feed them. It was the middle of the night. This was when they were like new, new puppies. Um, but I put down water and oh my gosh, they ran and they just gobbled up that water. And then I put them back in their crate and they went fast asleep. So you have to like, they can't talk. They can't tell me your business may not be able to tell you right now what it needs. You have to keep guessing about what it possibly needs and giving it that. But if you are giving it that with this underlying thought, I'm not worthy of this business. Again, we'll do like a mom example. If you're like sitting there trying to take care of your baby I didn't have postpartum, but I definitely had, I remember a time of just pure exhaustion and faith was, she was probably two weeks old at the time. And I fed her and I burped her and I changed her diaper. And I, I like, there was just nothing I could do to get this baby to calm down. And as I'm rocking her <laughs> and I'm like doing it right now, like she's still here. 
um, as I'm rocking her, walking around the house, trying to calm down. I just keep saying I'm a terrible mom. I can't even calm my baby down. Like I'm a terrible mom. And as I'm getting more worked up, she's getting more worked up. And eventually I had to just put her in her pack and play and just walk away. I just walked into the kitchen. Don't worry. She was like within eyesight, but I just needed, we needed that spatial difference to be like, okay, Leanne, you need to regroup. You are a good mom. You're, you're doing your best. We're going to figure this out. She can't verbalize what the problem is. So let's give her grace and let's give you grace. That's what I need you to do with your business because you're already worthy of its success. You can't And I think I may have talked about this. I know I talked about this um, with another one of my clients that you can't wait until your kids are grown to prove that you're a good mom. And she ended up talking about it in her stories, I think, too. Like, you have to decide right now you're a good mom. You can't be like, oh, I'm once my kid is because I was like, when do you define when does it end for you? Like, when do you decide that, that you're a good mom? Is it when they get through high school? Is it if they go to college? Is it if they get married and have kids? Like when, where is like the point that you're like, okay, I did my job. I'm a good mom. I survived. And we're like, you have to decide right now. I'm a good mom. You have to decide right now. You're a great business owner and you are worthy of the success of this business. So you cannot... I know this may seem a little rambly. I'm sorry. I'm like, there's a lot of points and it was hard to kind of put this in a bullet point podcast episode, right? Like the point is you cannot rely on your business to prove to you that you are an amazing mom or amazing wife or amazing business owner. You have to decide beforehand and not put that pressure on your business and then treat that business as a completely separate entity. You can't be in this vicious cycle of I'm only good business owner if I have this income. You're a good business owner because you keep showing up and serving your clients and customers and team members and audience so that they get results, right? Like, and eventually Zig Ziglar, you help enough people get what they want and you'll get what you want. And so you just have to decide right now that you are a good business owner. You're a good mom. You are a good wife. Nothing you do gets you more worthy of that title. You're already fully worthy of it. It's already done. It's done. Okay. So you're worthy. Business is a separate entity. Now treat your business like it is the baby it is. Because the majority of the people listening to this podcast, the majority of my clients are still in that income range where it's not life-changing income yet, but it's paying for some things. It's it it has to continue because their lifestyle has started to shift. And they can't afford to walk away from the business. And so I find that that's where all of a sudden we start to trigger, like, especially if you left your job to do this full time, like, oh, I'm a terrible mom or I'm a terrible wife because I'm not holding up my end of the bargain. I offered you a lot, a lot of different thoughts and circumstances 
if you're like, oh, that's a good one. I've never considered that. I want you to throw it away <laughs> unless the thought is I'm already worthy. I'm already a good business owner. Then how does that make you feel? And some of you, it might need to be, um, take some time to really accept that thought as fact. But when you accept that as fact, I'm already an amazing business owner. How do you feel? You feel proud. You feel inspired. You feel encouraged to do better. And so then your actions are from those feelings, not from the desperation of I need this business to work to prove that I'm a good mom or I'm a good wife or I'm worthy of success. Okay, my friend, you're already worthy. Your business is a separate entity and you have to work it from you are worthy. You are already great. You cannot work it from I will be once this business takes off. You can't put that pressure on your business. You wouldn't put that pressure on your child. You wouldn't put a pressure on, I wouldn't put the pressure on Faith as a two-week-old baby to suddenly burst out the words, you're a great mommy, so that I could have felt better in that time. I had to decide, I am a good mom. I'm going to figure this out and then soothe her from there. Because thinking you're a bad mom, you can't even soothe your own baby was not helping either of us either. So you're already worthy. You're a great business owner. Go work your business as if it's a baby. If you need help with this, let me know. Click the link in the show notes. Apply to be a part of um, my one-on-one because we have now officially closed the group. Um, I will probably be coming out with a wait list soon for that. But I, I truly love a one-on-one as well right? Like group, you, they both have their benefits. And if you are committed, which you are, you're a good business owner. If you're committed to results and as a good business owner, you know that you need help. It's time to apply for the one-on-one versus waiting for a group to open up at the end of the summer. Okay. So Click the link in the show notes, apply for the one-on-one coaching because six months from now, your business will be having amazing results and you as mom, wife, business owner will feel amazing and so proud even without the results, before the results come. So have a wonderful Friday, my friend. You are already worthy. You are already worthy of all that success. You are already an amazing mom, wife, and business owner. Have a wonderful weekend and I will talk to you next week. Bye.